What's your name, kid? The Human Spider. The Human Spider, that's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name's David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be going back nearly 20 years to one of the very first Marvel and superhero films to hit the big screen and watch and talk about Spider-Man. This week, I am lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. And Ian Walter. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being here. Um, we just, uh, or at least me, myself, Mike, and Wife Power went through uh, a first of, I think, like a mini series of, of sort of movie reviews almost is what we're doing. Um, we just uh, put our eyes on Willow and talked about that. And now we're moving on to prepare for the next Spider-Man film. We're going to be watching the Sam Raimi movies as well in preparation for that. So we're going to begin with uh, a very similar structure, I think, Mike. I think we're going to go through the uh, three-act structure. Um, but before that, I guess I'd, I'd throw the question to you guys. Um, what was your thought going into this movie? When was the last time you watched it? Uh, do you remember your feeling when you first watched it? Like, Can you put yourself in your own shoes uh, 19 years ago when this movie came out? So what do you guys think? Yeah, we're also going to watch the Andrew Garfield movies, too. So we're going to watch all the Spider-Man movies, um, yeah. because if you've seen the trailer, you know why. I don't want to say <laughs> that thing, but mm-hmm. um, we're watching the all the Spider-Man movies leading up to the new one. And this Spider-Man movie was like a seminal moment for me. This is one of my, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Spider-Man 2 definitely is one of my favorite movies of all time. But this sort of, this Spider-Man franchise to me, uh, this trilogy, well, only the first two, really is still the definitive Spider-Man for me. Um, Just maybe because of the age I was. I remember seeing it in theaters and being blown away. But I loved Spider-Man long before this movie came out. So for me to see Spider-Man on the big screen and done like total justice, um, done right, done by a director who clearly knew the character and loved the character as much as I did. uh, You can tell that comes through in the movies. And um, the it was groundbreaking for its time, and you know it did make a boatload of money. Uh, we'll talk about the other two before. For now, let's just talk about the first one. I still think it is the best superhero origin story ever on film. I think it gets the character so uh, it understands the character so much, and what it what it understands about Spider Man is that he's a tragic hero. The movie is a yeah. tragedy, actually. If you if oh, yeah. you if you watch it and you think it's about quite the ending, Shakespearean. <laughs> yes, well, it's it's pretty than, dark. <laughs> I would say it's better than Shakespeare. It's 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 a it's a modern day tragedy, and it's just and that's what Spider Man is. He's a tragic hero, and so that's what they understood. They, they understood that about him. So yeah. Anyways, I remember seeing it in theaters and, and loving it, and ever since I've watched it a million times, and I loved watching it again. So yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head it, it is kind of dark i think uh, this trilogy as a whole has there's a darkness to it to every spider-man story there's you know there's bright colors there's quippy quips and uh you know campiness but then there's also like an underlying dark tone to it as well um throughout there's horror moments and i think that's where sam raimi gets to shine mm-hmm. in these movies is when he gets to do some of the horror stuff as well uh, but for me, it's sim- very similar to you, Mike. Like, I remember lining up at the midnight screening, getting ready for this thing. Um, you know, I started doing that around the time of The Phantom Menace. And definitely when Spider-Man came out, wanted to be the, you know, watch one of the first screenings possible. And it definitely was a defining film. I think the the good thing about revisiting this one first and going back almost 20 years is you know back in my day this was the greatest superhero movie of all time we had my favorite one was blade at the time and then when x-men came out it was x-men and then when spider-man came out it became spider-man so it just mm-hmm. was the best comic book movie that we had gotten to date mm-hmm. and uh of course the standards changed a little bit since the dark knight and iron man you know 2008 circa 2008 and it's funny because this trilogy ended in 2007 so there was a huge shift yeah 
between the Sam Raimi trilogy and and the the movies we love in the MCU. But that's what's so exciting about going back and watching this and leading up, you know, to tease ahead through all of our rewatch and going into Spider-Man No Way Home is that there's going to be connections to all of the Spider-Man franchises. So that's that's one of the coolest things is that we're not just watching for nostalgia purposes. We're actually going to get something from from having watched them again so we're doing we're doing our research that's right that's right so <laughs> i think it was epic and uh you know it's it's definitely interesting watching it uh given that you know it's only six years till we get iron man and they're very wildly different structured movies and just the way they approach comic book films is like completely different but so there's it's not as serious but that doesn't mean that it doesn't explore serious themes and have some some weight to it in certain parts. So yeah. I definitely was uh, excited to to put this on my physical media, my DVD. Uh, oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, because Did really? I didn't even have internet at the time, so I just threw on the yeah. DVD. <laughs> for, for those That's that amazing. don't know, Mr. Ian is in the middle of a move, so he's uh, uh, he, he had the physical disc ready to go. Look at you! Jeez, wow. yep, look yep. a pro! Yeah, what a pro! <laughs> Yeah, Mike. Exactly. Do you also have the Spider-Man Two in that big box, like the the special edition or whatever? I don't. The I don't think I have a special edition. Okay. No, I, my DVDs are in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely have these two movies though, and I've watched yeah. them a lot. And just just watching them again, just it's like going home again. It was just the best feeling where you're watching this movie and hearing all the lines again. And just for me, Tobey Maguire is still the best spider-man so yeah and And, you know what to a point you were making before we started recording where you were saying you know everything has to depend on continuity when it's part of a huge cinematic universe this mm -hmm. doesn't need to rely on any other movie it's Mm -hmm. a standalone classic yeah Yeah. that's cool too yeah it doesn't even need a sequel it's its own story to like a sequel obviously builds off of it but it's just a nice it's just like the best origin story with with morals with a purpose with something to say as we get into it i mean it's not a perfect movie so there are things that i noticed that i you know Same, uh, yeah. I, i'm not gonna harp on it too much because it was so iconic for its time but, yeah uh, i have nits to pick for sure which we'll get into but i would yeah. say just credit to stan lee for just like because the bones of the movie the structure of the movie is like that first issue of spider-man and his origin story they're his ideas um, right yeah and yeah. yeah such an epic story that's why the character has lived on right because yeah. it's like yes great power great responsibility the the tragic nature of of the hero the powers just everything about it right like to come well, up that's with what something I was so say classic this this trilogy or this movie in particular it benefits from being the first live action and and getting to really tell that origin story and not worry about you know, retreading or just, it can just tell the story for what it is. And it really does. When I think about it, it gets excused for some of the things that I might mention that I don't like about it. It gets excused because the story is that good. Yeah. I'll I'll say very, very briefly that um, I was expecting to not like half pay attention to this movie, but, but, you know, I, I've seen it so many times. I'm sure I've seen it 10 or 15 times. I'm sure it's been that many times, like no problem that I half expected to just be like, okay, I'll sit and I'll watch it for a few minutes and then I'll I don't know, do something else in the meantime. What's a big deal if I miss three minutes? I, I got it. Or what's a big deal if I look at my phone? I got it. And I found myself sitting there for the first hour, not like not looking away at all. I actually think that the beginning of this movie to me is some of the best out of all of the MCU movies out of all the Marvel movies that we've had since then. Um, and I've seen it so many times. So I was, I was very pleasantly surprised by at least the first half of the movie. I don't think the second half is, is bad or anything like that, but it was, I was actually surprised that it hooked me so much as it did, but I also haven't seen this movie in probably seven years or something. It's been eight yeah. years. Maybe it's been a while since I've seen it. So um, but in that 10 year period <laughs> that it was out while this trilogy was, was running hot, I probably watched this movie, you know, at least a dozen times. And, and it's great. I, I absolutely love it. I, everything you guys said is, is true. And I think uh, I think we just dig into it. Let's just dig in, Mike. Let's uh, let's see up the first act. What's uh, what do you want to start with? Let's start with Tobey Maguire. Let's just start with what do you feel about him, his portrayal to me? Um, it's the perfect portrayal of, well, I think Tom Holland does a great job and I think he's probably looks 
looks the best is the best as spider-man and peter parker like fits the part he seems to be really like athletic and stuff and i love his movies and i love him as peter parker uh toby where is my peter parker but i i do i do think he he looks a bit old for a high school student but my favorite my favorite um spider-man is when he's in college i've always loved i've always like loved that version of spider-man not the high school one and he just gets out of high school and he yeah just gets out of yeah. high school and that's so that's like the sweet spot for me he does a really good job and he does a job showing being like the nerdy kid uh he gets picked on he's vulnerable but he's not like emo like in spider-man 3 he's still like a yeah. happy kind of kid he's still positive you know what i mean and even though he's picked on and stuff he just is who he is ashamed um so i think i think like he does a really good job carrying the movie to me. I know some people don't yeah. like the best, but yeah, I don't, well, I, yeah. I don't love, I don't love him as Spider-Man. I really don't. I think that the reason why he's so good is the material is better mm-hmm. than what Andrew Garfield was, was given. And, um, and I think I always kind of liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Like you said, for some reason, he just, Andrew, no. Uh, okay, we'll get into that later. I what? No. Well, I actually think Andrew Garfield is the best in the suit. Like once he's already suited up, like yeah. doing the quips and stuff. I oh, actually yeah. think he is the best. Yeah. The, the problem. Um, the problem is the movies aren't great, and the yeah. material that he's given isn't great. And I don't think that that bodes well for those movies. Again, I haven't seen them in a little while. Just like this one, it's been a while, and I'm gonna try to to watch them and everything when if, if I'm able to watch them with you guys and stuff. But I don't know. Tobey Maguire, he's he's fine. I, although when I watch this movie, I always I always had this feeling that. But I think I probably have this um, the Spider Man three stink on me that I, I mm. have this I have that yeah. memory almost. We'll get in my to mind. that movie, but yeah, exactly. I just we'll think in this that. movie, some of the lines could be really cheesy, but he delivers them so earnestly. I feel like, and you're, I think you're right. I think you're he right. sells yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, where, I guess it's where really I was going job. with it is that he he's not as bad as I was perceiving in my mind before i yeah. press play on this movie yeah mm-hmm. and i don't think he's bad i definitely don't think he's bad i never thought that he was bad but i i don't think he's like a home run necessarily but it it still doesn't take away from this movie i still think it's great so no i yeah. think i think he 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 understood the assignment he was he was doing what sam raimi was basically trying to get out of him like he wanted sort of a he wanted a bit of a cheese ball out of his Peter Parker. I think like it, it, it's clear that there's a bit of a cheesiness to him. Um, and, and that's, you know, the dialogue lends to that too. I had to look up who wrote it because um, it's David Coop. And to be honest, I was just praising the story itself, the origin story. It's, a, it's an all time classic in comic book literature, but the, the dialogue is a little weak in this movie, but I was surprised because when you look up the writer, oh, I love it. David, yeah. Coop's uh, credits, he's done so much. I mean, back in my day, forget about it. He's done Jurassic Park. Like he's written all these classic films and like, and then he wrote this one. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's obviously he did a good enough job because this made, movie made a boatload of money. It's really successful. Mission, but Mission I do think Impossible, there's uh, Impossible, yeah. way. Like, yeah, I love the dialogue. I don't know. I think the dialogue, um, the dialogue so. it, it's hit and miss for me. Like I, I remember it. So like the back of my hand. So, it's kind of comfortable in that in that sense, but there's there are moments where I feel like it works, and there are moments where it's just like, oh, did you really say that? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's not just him; it's everybody throughout. It's, like, it, yeah. every, everybody is kind of playing like over the top characters, mm-hmm. and I th- I think that that's kind of by design. Like that's what yeah, Sam Raimi wanted, sure. but but it's but, not the over the top um, of the of the night of the Schumacher Batman's. You know, like it's no, not no, that kind no. of over the top. So it kind of finds a little bit of a balance, which I think really works. For sure. All right. So let me just, I'll break down, I guess, the first act. The first act is the classic Spider-Man origin story of, you know, getting his powers, um, using them for sort of selfish reasons. It's that's actually right from the comics. They use them to be a wrestler. And then, you know, leading to um, Uncle Ben's death, which is ultimately Spider-Man's fault. So the first nitpick I kind of have is uh, in this movie, which has stuck with me since I watched it very first time, was the way he gets his powers. Because in the comic book, in the cartoon, it's a radioactive spider when he goes to a science experiment and this one spider that drops into a science experiment, like a laser, then bites him. And then presumably the spider like dies, right? But in this movie, there's like 15 of these genetically modified spiders. And I always thought that was a massive, I don't know, plot hole or something. Cause like, 
those spiders could then go on to like bite other people and you could have like other people with the Spider-Man powers. Spider-Gwen. Right? It's like, well, well but, but in retrospect, it, there are like, a lot of spider people now in the comics. So I know. Maybe that's what I, I know. Mean. But they didn't do anything with that, right? So it was, yeah. it was kind of weird that it's like, oh, just this spider escapes and bites him. It's like, I don't know. They're testing that spider. Wouldn't they like test the bite? And like, I don't know. I just thought that was a weird choice to be like, why not just do the whole spider and the laser at a science experiment? And there's only one of them. Anyways, that's my little nitpick. Yeah, that's fair. I, I have a similar one, but it's bigger. Okay, yeah. but the whole the whole scene, like the whole scene, those all the things that have all the setup, like meeting Harry, meeting yeah. um, Norman, you know, finding his crush on Mary Jane, and he's taking yep. photos of her. Like that's all good stuff. And it is the one is. line uh, that me and Ian used to love, where he's like, "Parker, let's do it." Parker, let's do it. And then, uh, yeah, I I really did like James Franco as Harry Osborn. And uh, also when they're walking through and he goes like, he says something about the spiders or no, he says some scientific line and he goes like, why would I want to know that? And then he goes and uses it with Mary Jane. Spiders uh, (laughs) could change their color to like uh, hide themselves. Some spiders change colors to blend into their environment. It's a defense mechanism. Peter, what makes you think I would want to know that? Who wouldn't? Yeah, hateful little things. I love them. Yeah, me too. You know, spiders can change their color to blend into their environment. Really? Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah, he's okay. James Franco, he's fine. I think. I think he's, the biggest misstep ca- okay, casting yeah. wise is is Kirsten Dunst to me. That's always been the biggest, the worst. Yeah, but the biggest. I, I thought that too. And, the, and she then, wasn't bad, but she's, she's just, fine. She's fine. Yeah, she's, I know. She's fine. Good. It, worked, it worked just it worked fine. fine for me. Um, but I mean, honestly, like, it's it's not because I've. I don't know. Maybe it is partially because we've seen the movie so many times. But like, no one could possibly be goblin other than willem defoe oh he's so good there is no one else there's no one else it doesn't matter whether it's before he becomes green goblin or during or after it doesn't matter it's like he is the guy like there is no way the costume design is questionable but he kills it so it doesn't even matter like he doesn't matter kills it yeah like if you remove the the power ranger suit i mean basically (laughs) he's flying around in a glider I think all of his stuff as Norman Osborn is a lot stronger than the actual villainy stuff. But like, yeah, like everything about Willem Dafoe's performance is great. It again, over the top, but like it works for this movie. Like everything he does works so well. Well, and Green Goblin is very over the top anyways. And his setup is kind of over the top. You know, it's sort of like this revenge thing or whatever that they set up and everything. But like, I think part of the reason why maybe the suit stuff doesn't work as well potentially is because he's such a visual actor like his face is so identifiable and expressive that you lose Mm. some of his delivery not that he's a bad voice actor or anything but you lose some of that physical delivery that he gives when you can see his face right and i think that that's a big part of why they chose him i honestly and not that he's not he uh, has such a emotive or animated face absolutely yeah. <laughs> like he, he's 100% the standout in this movie for me 100% yeah oh like, yeah, no he's question, great so no him and I have to say the other standout uh actor like I wasn't too familiar with this movie, Stanley Cliff Cliff well yeah he's on the standout uh Cliff Robertson the actor oh, yeah. who plays Ben Parker yeah what like oh, that's yeah. such an important character such an important and he does a fantastic job and so t- sticking with the first act how heartbreaking yeah. is that scene of him and Peter in the car when he tells him, you know, stop trying to be my father. Yeah. And you know, because he's in the movie before, you know the story Spider-Man. You know that's the last thing that he's going to say to him. That's that's just so tragic and heartbreaking. Like, you know that, you know, Peter Parker's not a bad kid or whatever, but he's getting his powers. He's kind of like going through something and he he's happens to that's so much what informs his character was yeah what happened with him and uncle ben 
right? And correct and, me if I'm wrong, this is the only movie where he actually teaches him with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I don't think yes. they actually say those words. In, yeah, the other, in the other ones avoided those. And that's yeah, a streamlined version, right? Because in the comics, it's there must also be. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> that, and that's, that just, yeah, that's just so good to have that in the movie, to have you understand why Spider-Man is the hero that he is, why he does what he does. Um, it's just, it's just shown in such a amazing way. Yeah. And that you understand the character so much and all of his motivations. Right. So he, so he has that sort of spat with uncle Ben and then he goes into the wrestling ring and the wrestling scene is kind of whatever it's, it's cheesy. I love it. I love that scene. Yeah. I absolutely love that scene. Me and one of my cousins have used, I don't know what it is. He's not a big movie guy. He's not a Marvel guy. He doesn't, He's not super nerdy like us, but every once in a while we pull out the line, you're not going nowhere. I don't know <laughs> why. Hey, unlock the thing. Take the chain off. Hey, Brick Joe, you're going nowhere. I got you for three minutes. That always comes up. It's <laughs> just like, Such like, a good line. like we'll be, we'll, we'll I'll be over at his house or something, or he'll be over at my yeah. house and someone's leaving. And it's like, oh, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're packing up. They're ready to go. They got their kid in the car or whatever. And then, the, and then the person that's hosting will just be like, you're not going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, why. I know it's like his first time out and I know what they're going for. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, what's going to happen with like yeah. the cage match coming down. It's like, you're just trapping him in a cage with Spider-Man. Like, oh, let's be real. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's going to get worked. But yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how is that legal to have this guy that's like beating on people like wrestling's not supposed to be fake you know but this guy's yeah. clearly like yeah. people are leaving in stretchers like it's bone comical uh that's a similar uh when we first see like wolverine he's like in a cage match isn't he yes. yeah yes. yeah so yes. it's a parallel the there. scene when you yeah. don't even really see him you sort of see all the action around him and yeah and then they yeah, get him and then, at the bar um, and stuff yeah so then you have the like moment the even so you have the heartbreaking moment in the car because you know what's coming then you have the next moment of spider-man um you know letting the robber he has a, he has a chance to stop i love, he has a chance I to love stop it. him but like it's so, it. so funny poetic. because if yeah. you weren't a super if you didn't have superpowers it'd be foolish to try and take down a like a an armed man but he has the <laughs> like, great power he has the great power, well that's right? the thing right so, yeah, what's so like, the guy's so, so pissed yeah what's so good is that he gives the guy his line back you know he's like yeah. well i i didn't went i failed to realize why this is my problem you know or yeah. something like i don't I see it like just i love it i love it it's but so yes you know I saw for, like for that three... moment of smugness that he gets yes. to feel good about himself and get to feel smug he pays you, for it. He pays for it. And then you, you yeah. learn, he learns that lesson of like, oh, wow, this is why in life I must from now on always do good because him getting yep. that satisfaction of, you know, that one smug, saying that one smug line and getting to feel good about it leads directly to his uncle being killed by the robber. So, yeah, it's just so like so well done. And oh, Sam and that Raimi was a just cameo from it. Octavia Spencer there when when he was showing up to the ring. Oh, um, in the ring. I, oh, yeah, yeah. She, she like writes. I, I noticed. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I noticed that it was like three thousand dollars for three minutes. I'm like, oh, for Spider Man, this would be like a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> dance also, around for three minutes. Also, he's trying to get an Alfa Romeo, which is a car that my uh, my dad absolutely loves. The exact same car, and I was like, oh, oh my no. god, for three thousand dollars, <laughs> my dad would jump on that for a second. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he would, he and would Bruce- buy that. He, he would run to that dealership. <laughs> Oh, Bruce that Campbell, was the other thing the about announcer? the cheesy lines. Yeah. He's like, "Cool car, yeah." <laughs> cool, and he's talking to himself too. Cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we good. skipped over the designing the costume because that was a kind of cheese ball scene. But it's like, hey, in the comics and the in the in the TV show, like he actually like no one knows he's Spider Man, so he does actually actually have to make his own costume. So. He did it's, actually design it. So yeah, the well, problem is it's too screen, perfect too quickly but, is the problem. Yeah. yeah, like it looks great. I still love the look of that mm-hmm. of that costume. I think it's great. I don't but think it's we just like over it because I think he does it after when he decides to become a hero. No, yeah, he wears like the crappier costume to the, yeah, yeah, he does for a little to bit. The fight um, but yeah. that's like an homage to Ditko as well because it's basically his drawings that they're showcasing, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, I and I think that uh, I think. The only thing that it's missing is that he's a little too confident with the powers when he first goes out there for like his first night out sort of thing. Like he doesn't really have that scene in the other origin Spider-Man movies that we've now seen that that he is 
like I, I think he's he's using his powers too quickly, too well, too quickly, a little bit. But that's also a yeah. Nitpick. You're not gonna show. Wait, it's also a nitpick. You don't always kinda... have to spend 15 minutes to do yeah. that and stuff. You know, training like, montage or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, it's fine. But the it's, um, it's fine. the other thing happening during the first act in parallel is like you're seeing Spider-Man's origin story and you're also seeing the Green Goblin's origin story. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is you know the whole boardroom stuff and company getting the funding stolen stuff so well, it's forcing him to take the serum and um yeah. yeah that's it's it's like paralleling spider-man so it's like the, the hero and the villain how they're getting their powers and and you know what i kept thinking this time around was that you know you have the uncle ben stuff which is great and then obviously we know in the mcu version they kind of bypass that and they use tony stark to supplant that role but in this i kept thinking to myself wow this sort of Norman Osborn Green Goblin origin story is essentially what if an like a Tony Stark type was evil instead of like wanted to do bad things instead of do good things. You know what I mean? So like he has the same advantages that Tony Stark has. He has like science at his fingertips and he's now going down a path of villainy. And it's kind of like, you know, when you, I wonder if they took inspiration from this film when they were, uh, designing like Obadiah Stane and like his storyline and yeah, uh, like making weapons for the army, right? It's very similar to yeah, yeah. But he does that. He takes the serum, makes and that, and then crazy. you know he ends up taking out like a hammer tech drone. <laughs> yeah, looks yeah, like so. it. Yeah, and then the so then and it's all that's all happens like when they're still in high school, I think, right? And then they kind of have the graduation, yeah, the graduation, yeah. Peter and Harry, yeah. Um, move in together and that's sort of the middle of the movie is sort of him and um him and him and the goblin having kind of run-ins and him being in that college age and you Going can into see jay and stuff yeah and... jay jonah jameson like jk simmons absolutely crushes Again, it as jay jonah like, jameson as soon as perfect. he steps on the scene he's like mm-hmm. you know spider-man never heard of him like <laughs> perfection who is spider-man he's a criminal that's who he is a vigilante a public menace what's he doing on my front page mr jameson is a page six problem we have a page one problem shut up if they're really important clients they can't wait they're about to mr jameson it's like this we double book page six see so both macy's and conaway's both have three quarters of the same we sold out four printings sold out every copy tomorrow morning spider-man page one with a decent picture this time move conway to page seven there's a problem with page seven. i make it page eight and give them ten percent off okay. i make it five percent that can't be done get out of here Problem is, we don't have a decent picture. Eddie's been on it for weeks. We can barely get a glimpse of him. Oh, what is he, shy? If we can get a picture of Julia Roberts in a thong, we can certainly get a picture of this weirdo. He's pointing at people. He's telling people to go away. Job? Like a... No job. Freelance. <laughs> Freelance. <laughs> Great for a kid your age. <laughs> Only trust my barber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's that interesting thing with JJJ, too, because, you know, he could have been such a one-note guy. Um, but mm-hmm. like J.K. Simmons just does such a good job with that role. And then it's well written too, to a point where, you know, yes, he hates Spider-Man. He wants to put him on blast, but you know, he's got this relationship with Peter Parker and obviously it's a secret and anything, but like, you know, Spider-Man is still going to do right by him at the end of the day. You're going to look out for him, even if he's mean to him, but there's that moment where he actually sticks himself out for Peter Parker mm-hmm. when, when uh, Gobby is like, you know, pressing him to see who's the photographer. Yeah. And he's actually standing up and, and not giving him away. Not That's a really good moment for the character to make yeah. him like redeemable in some yeah. way. And he's like um, at that in that moment as far as he knows, Peter's standing right behind him. Yeah. Right. Like he could have been like he's right over there. Don't exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. He could have just pointed behind him and said he's right there. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not a bad guy, but there's there's reasons why he doesn't like costume vigilantes right which yeah. is i guess can be legitimate and so. he's also trying to sell newspapers so yeah know. and what, <laughs> so the the other tragic thing of spider-man is like he can never get the girl right that's no. classic he never one thing is like he can never hold down a job he can he's always late for things because he's always having to save the world and not this world but stop crime and be interrupted and he can never save the, the neighborhood girl. and yeah save the neighborhood that's it and uh the way they they the, the way that comes across this movie is very well done. Like, you know, as he likes her in high school and flashes in the way. And then, you know, they get out of the, out of high school into college and they meet again. And she's dating like, his best friend, his roommate. Right. And it's just like, um, yeah, it's just, I love the dynamic. And then there's the classic scene 
like cinema classic scene of them in the rain with the upside down kiss and Spider-Man yeah, saving yeah, yeah. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a great scene that happens in the second act. Yeah, and what's and what's good about the the whole um, uh, her uh, dating um, what's his face is that Harry <laughs> Harry is that uh, um, you know he doesn't tell Peter and then it's sort of that's like the spark of the build of them sort of butting heads a little bit is that he's like oh you're my best friend we live together but you're holding this from me and he knows right because he stops his dad from sort of asking too many questions and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's a really good sort of seed to plant and all that. And everything sort of just builds from there. So I thought that was really well done too. Um, Cause it's very easy to make the sort of love story in a movie like this, a little extra cheesy and sure it's a little bit cheesy and everything. It's a little bit more, you know, it, it could be fleshed out more if the movie was 40 minutes longer, but they don't have that time and it doesn't overstay its welcome. And I think little things like that actually go a long way. So I, I, I like that part. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the, what else is happening is like, you know, Norman's doing his thing. He's 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 using his powers for bad. He's killing people that help that are against his company and stuff like that. But then there's that other really interesting part where it's like Spider-Man stops him, and then there's an interesting part where he tries to get Spider-Man to join him. That's right. Yeah, you know, he what could I mean? have that taken off his mask, but he playing the long game. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that, and he has that really that good a smart monologue. move though. <laughs> <laughs> well, realistically, I mean, I've I've heard that nitpick where oh, he could have taken his mask off a million times, but he really is trying to like respect him for what he's doing, and uh, he does see like the parallel between himself and and Spider Man. Like they're, you know, you know, everyone's a hero of their own story, right? So like Norman Osborn on some psychotic level is like doing right by himself, and he sees opportunity in in Spider Man, but like. I think that it's a little, but then when you move into the, the, the Thanksgiving, I think it is, or the dinner yes. yeah. uh, sequence yeah. like that, that kind of redeems that whole like question of why didn't he just, mm-hmm. because you see what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like starting to suspect like, okay, there's something up with this Peter Parker guy. So it's like, but it's, it's pretty also, cool. It's also like uh, star Wars about uh, trying to convince him to come to the dark side kind yeah. of thing. Right. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, you know, you're a hero and you do all these great things, but look, everyone hates you. Look at the Daily Bugle, look what they write about you. They're going to tear you down. You know, there's, this is what they, they only do like in this you country. So long. Yeah. yeah, they build you up just to tear you down. But it's yeah. like, because you've seen the, the origin story and you've seen why, what his, Spider-Man's motivations are, that you know, he's always going to do right because of what he went through, the lesson that he learned. Um, yeah, it's like the two. It's like the two, yeah, it's like the two um ideologies sort of butting heads right yeah yeah and that's just really good contrast there to to play them against each other i think and um yeah. and then and then green goblin you know he he finds out who spider-man is at the thanksgiving and that is classic that's what always so the green goblin in is probably the most classic spider-man villain and mm-hmm. the thing that always made him like he's maybe not the biggest threat you know what i mean uh, physically or whatever, but the one thing that always made the goblin like stand out and made him the biggest threat in the comic books and stuff is that he's the one that finds out the secret identity. Yeah, of Spider-Man. he's the most dangerous because he does yeah. too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest weakness of someone like Spider-Man who has all these strengths and all these powers, but you know he has his secret identity and people that he likes, and the goblin learns that. So I thought that was well done too. And the, yeah, just like subtly, like it makes sense, right? Like. He fought him. He cut him in the arm, and then he saw the cut. And it's like, there's so many movies that it's like, how did this guy not know this was the person, right? And this movie kind of like, yeah, it kind of like shows Shinti. like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. So the the cut the cut is a bit of a stretch because, like, it's it's fine, like you said. Other movies do oh, it. He sees a, the blood on the floor. Like he didn't dress he, it at all. He yeah. just like well, I, it's no, it's not that part. It's more that when he's throwing those ninja stars or whatever they are that he's mm. throwing at him, it like you know, they, they show you that it happens in slow motion while he's dodging everything or whatever. But really, in the moment, is he really gonna notice that he got cut in that exact spot in that exact way? Yeah. That's why he really obviously like grabs his arm. And it's like, ah, oh, like really like, <laughs> oh, cut me. <laughs> you cut me right in my, the top of my arm, <laughs> near my, my wrist. 
but know, he's also that... he's also late he also has that drop of blood and the, yes, the drop like, of blood the kind of, something yeah that was such a big of... bad wolf sequence when he goes into the fire yeah to... <laughs> yeah yeah that's good i like it yeah that, mm-hmm. that, fire, yeah. that fire scene is, is good and then i guess um i guess the third act kind of kicks off right after that thanksgiving scene mm-hmm. right because you have yeah. about a half hour left and everything's just sort of ramps up yeah and, and then it's the classic you know they repurpose the goblin gwen stacy um, yeah classic from the comics of him dropping gwen stacy off the uh what is that bridge called brooklyn bridge or whatever i, I noticed that they they kind of went through a lot of sort of goblin type stories that have occurred over the years in, in spider-man comics like all in one movie like, mm. like basically all the goblin stuff as if mm. like it's the only one shot to do it. You know, I mean, let's let's do it all. Yeah, no, they well, didn't. Right? They didn't commit to the the bridge thing, but I think what they did was still pretty cool with like the the choice that he has to make. And then you know, it's obviously not it's not a true hard choice because like he ends up yeah. saving them both. But like, yeah, it's just it's just it it still plays. I think it plays pretty well. Yeah, but it's it's also like um, you know you could understand like he's they show him kind of going crazy. So the so goblins kind of gone crazy, and his motivation is not really to kill spider-man his motivation is to like prove his point of like yeah. i'll show you that the people are going to hate you right that yeah. they're going to turn on you and then maybe you'll join me or whatever and so he has that plan of dropping the mary jane and the kids and spider-man you know obviously saves them both and they have that really cool fight scene and that sort of abandoned church and then yeah um the, I, the I, like, scene, I always like that scene that scene is great that fight yeah scene the is one awesome. scene that um plays well that Sam Raimi does and, and and actually it's almost in every Spider-Man movie until maybe Tom Holland's is there's always that scene of like the New Yorkers like yes doing something at the climax like help Spider-Man out and it's like done so poorly in the uh Andrew Garfield movies but it's done really well in the first two Sam Raimi movies oh, yeah. there's always that scene of like the New York and this one it's like the New Yorkers throwing the just simply throwing the well, bottles and stuff at the goblin yeah it's the, the idea right of time. the sixth man in basketball. Like it really mm-hmm. is like, it's like New York is a character in this movie. Yes. Yes. They come yeah. together to help them. Right. Out Good with, point. At, at certain times. So yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, I might as well mention, we're talking about the final act here. I might as well mention one of my nitpicks of the movies. Your, yours is when he gets bitten by the spider. Mine is they were so authentic throughout telling his origin story and kind of portraying Spider-Man comic book on the big screen, but they, and I think this was it was a development call that they had to make like they were going to do it but then they didn't they they had they did the natural webbing as opposed to his web yeah shoots, that's, which that's actually yeah. kind of unforgivable for me that. but yeah. like uh, the other ones seem to do it they don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it but it's it's still a thing that you but know, they address he's like, it he's yeah. a he's super smart and he's he's developing his own tech and that's the, that's why also in the MCU it makes sense that he's kind of like close with Tony Stark because they're both like both scientists that like yeah that, that's work part on of the whole like tech. suit thing I guess right yeah. I guess it's kind of linked to the suit thing it's like oh he has the suit and all of a uh, oh oh and he's just like great with the webs and whatever yeah I hate um, the natural webbing that not the web shooters I hate that too no that's this whole like thing that he does when he's uh, yeah I, I don't need that <laughs> just the like, fact <laughs> the webbing comes out of his like veins Gra- grab your grab shooters. your D- yeah uh, grab your DVDs uh, uh thing it's exactly he's doing it he's it's yeah, right yeah. up in front his hand is on the front of the well cover it doesn't make sense time. because <laughs> in the comic book stuff like the reason why he has to put the two fingers down is because he's designed the web shooters that the perfect amount of pressure from yeah. two fingers shoot yeah. the web. So like, yeah, so there's no need to, to have to do this. Yeah. yeah. Why would you have to do this when they're in your, like there's no web shooters, right? It doesn't there's make sense. There. Yeah. So that is a nitpick also. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. So the very, so then obviously he, um, you know, he fights Green goblin in that like abandoned church, or whatever. And then, yeah, Ian was saying, you know, Peter, they pulled, don't tell Harry. Yeah, they pulled basically every <laughs> goblin story. So there's a famous goblin story in the comics where this is, I think, after he actually comes back, but he, Spider Man or Goblin, kills himself with his own glider. Yeah, and that's so, a big goblin trope. Yeah. yeah. So that, 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 that in the movie, which was cool to see and like, yeah, um, uses Spider Sense to save himself. And then the very end is where the, what really makes the movie a tragedy, tragedy which is like, he finally, after the whole movie of him not getting the girl, um, you know, being sort of in, invisible to her or whatever, but finally gets the chance 
he gets the girl, but in the end he has to do the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, not be with her. And that's the right. ultimate tragedy, the ultimate tragic moment of the movie of Spider-Man. That he always does the right thing. Even though he's getting the girl of his dreams, the girls he loved since he was a little kid, you know, the still that lesson that he learned from Uncle Ben, he yeah. still has to do the right thing and not put her in danger. Um, because of what happened also through the movie with the Green Goblin. So yeah. the ending is just perfect. It's just so yeah. like the ending is uh, very, very strong. Yeah. I it's agree. good. And before he learns that lesson, he's you see how brutal he can be with that power. Like when he's getting angry with uh the killer uh in that where warehouse or whatever it is, and and he's you know, he's really beating on him. It's kind of like it made me think of Batman, but then again, maybe it was the Danny Elfman score that I'm listening to at the same time. The score. Yeah, it was a great score and it definitely had shades of the Batman score as well that he did. Um, so, but, but, but yeah, like the, it, you definitely see the type of hero he chooses to be versus what he ultimately could have been. Like, you know, uh, most vigilantes are seen more like Batman where they just kind of go out and brutally. Uh, beat up uh, criminals or whatever, and and Spider-Man's sort of not—he's not like that. Like he just he stops criminals, but he does it in his own kind of fun way. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I I I think the movie is a lot of fun. I think it was fun to revisit, and uh, it it definitely set the set this marathon off to, on the right path because it, it's going to be fun to see all these Spider-Man films leading up to the new one. Yeah, and the fact yeah. that they're all sort of relevant in the MCU for at least mm-hmm. a time is pretty yeah, exciting. Um, so yeah, I think I think our biggest nitpicks are small, but it's like the way he gets his powers, kind of a nitpick. The Green Goblin design, the Power Ranger suit, not I, great. I don't I don't mind it that much. I, what I didn't like is is that <laughs> what I thought was funny and completely unnecessary. Is that part where he has Spider-Man paralyzed on the rooftop and he's trying to convince him? His his little eyes sort of go. Yeah, what's the point up. of that? It's like what's why? <laughs> and they make the mouth kind of visible through the mesh too, I'm, so I'm they can okay kind of make that. the act. To, to me, you need to something, me, something like that. To act feels on. like it, it places it more in reality when you have something like that. Hmm. The the eye thing is just unnecessary. It's just like yeah. oh, his helmet has technology. So what? Yeah. like who cares i could see this, them being like you have to prove it's william defoe under there or like give him something to maybe. Act with, at least let him act with his eyes well, and maybe. that's also yeah, why yeah. they gave him the battle ravage they gave uh, spidey the battle ravage suit at the the final uh scene because they needed to see toby acting and not yeah. just underneath in yeah. the suit the whole time yeah the so worst they have movies the for those are him. the iron man movies they always find excuses to get his mask off so that yeah. you can see it like he should be in that like, helmet at all times yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this get hurt but yeah yeah and then the uh the natural web shooters i think but other than that i yeah. do think it's like it it does an amazing job like those are small nitpicks because it really holds up movie. 20 years later nearly almost 20 years later it yeah. really holds up way better than i thought it would and but even those nitpicks it sounds like it was a development thing because mm-hmm. like they were gonna try doing the web shooter things and it probably just didn't work out for story because it would have been too many moving parts and then again with the goblin design they were gonna try and do like a more uh, synthetic or like goblin like uh, rubber mask kind of thing but it, it probably didn't work in live action as much as they wanted it to so they had to go another way yeah you always um, have to make sort of some sacrifices but on the i, movie, I right? hope that they're gonna fix that for the you know spider-man no way home that they're gonna give him a new look so we'll see maybe but i think ultimately it goes down to sam raimi the choice of sam raimi who was on record saying he was a huge spider-man fan when he mm. was a kid and so they gave it to someone who like truly loved the property and wanted to like understood it and like wanted to do something that was sort of um, true to the character and honor in honor of Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. And like you could, that comes through in the movie that he really understands like the character and regardless of what happens in the third one. Cause I think that was mostly from studio interference. Um, no. Like I think Sam Raimi, he just, he was the perfect well, guy. At one point he wanted to do a fourth one, right? Like he wanted to go on and do like, I think a vulture storyline or something. So yeah, it would have been crazy and to see. To showing the origin story, choosing her goblin. I think those were all great choices for the movie yeah. and, you know, having Mary Jane instead of Gwen Stacy. Um, I think that that works too. Um, 
but yeah, overall, it, it works in the sense that in this one he advances to college right in the yes, first movie, right? And that's kind of why he gets a pass for being an older Peter Parker too, because he's already kind of advancing through the years. Um, yeah, but you have to look it up. I'm almost positive Tony Maguire was like a similar age to to the other two when he made the movie. He just has a he looks a bit older to be mm-hmm. to be to be honest. I think he was like actually quite young. And he is born in 1975. So yeah, no, he probably just looks. It's just his look, I guess. Well, he would have been 27, I think, right? So yeah. Yeah, 27. I think Andrew Garfield was pretty much the same age. I think Tom Holland was really early 20s, but by now yeah. he's about 27, right? Yeah, so, now he is, yeah. But yeah, so. yeah just just getting a live action Spider-Man in general in 2002 was like something out of this world, you know? So it was like, yeah. And I think they had to wait. Like the, like it was just the right time that um, computer graphics were like yeah. able to show the things it needed to show. Like couldn't movie couldn't yeah. be made any earlier, right? The web slinging and well, the, there are certain the development on Spider-Man was a bit of a mess. Like the rights were first sold Marvel first sold them in 1985. Man. So it was oh, like wow. a 17 crazy, year man. long journey where different studios were trying to develop it. They went bankrupt. It just got passed around. They finally, Marvel finally got fought to right, get the rights back only to then sell them to Sony and, and make the movie. So, and there, there was going to be a James Cameron Spider-Man before that. So oh, wow. what? yeah, which would have been epic. It would have been done right after true lies probably. So, yeah. So I'll save. We'll save at the very end. Maybe we'll go. We'll reveal our Spider-Man rankings if we haven't done that yet, or we'll recap them. But I did have this movie, Spider-Man. I do rank, yeah, as you guys know, I like to rank, rank all the make as many lists as I can. For do sure. You have like a sort of comic book, graphic novel movie ranking, and this one actually is quite high. It's number thirteen, so it's not you know it's number thirteen, but it is the very best origin story movie. I think it's better than Iron Man better than any of the other origin stories. I just think it totally does exactly what you would want as a Spider-Man fan and someone who's familiar with the origin story. Other than those small nitpicks, it doesn't really have any misstep at all to me. But something that I I think, and we'll probably see this uh, unfold as we go through the different uh, franchises, but there's something to take away or something that, makes it Spider-Man for each iteration, right? Whether you like Tobey Maguire the best or you like Tom Holland the best or even some people probably like Andrew Garfield the best. There are aspects of each iteration that that are, like, you can tell there's a lot of passion behind it that they want to make it as well, Spider-Man for me, as it has possible. nothing to do with the actor. It has to do with the portrayal of the character, right? And for me, Tobey Maguire, it just, it's the most faithful, Right. I will talk yeah. about why I hate the Andrew Garfield. Nothing is the actor, but I will well, talk yeah. about why I hate that portrayal of the character when we get well, to the Well, yeah, movie. and I was, I was only going to tease ahead to when we get to Amazing Spider-Man just to say that, you know, you might not like, and I'm sure you'll talk about this then, but you, you might not like the way that they went with the backstory of mm-hmm. Peter Parker, but at the same time, they had to... Each, each version has to stay away from retreading and doing a whole movie of exactly the same origin story. So you have to kind of... and, and Yeah, but just because they're greedy and wanted to make another movie doesn't mean I have to give them a pass for ruining no, not, my not, favorite not, character. Not give them a pass, but, but like even the things that were different about Andrew greedy Garfield's sons of bastards are also pulls from other comics. Like They're, they're going, okay, we've already done this, so we're going to look at other comics that involve Spider-Man pull some okay. things out of there that maybe aren't as popular, but they're still, they're still part of the spider verse. If that makes sense. It's much more practical than now. Like, like they show him sort of like swinging or jumping. And it's like a lot of like clo- cut to a close up, right. Yeah, Where now yeah, with technology, yeah. they can kind of, this is why the new ones, I think like the new ones are, I have ranked higher than this one. Cause like they just have the technology now to just show Spider-Man full on, like swinging around and fighting. Whereas like, you know, they just didn't have technology the same back then. Yeah, so that's okay. Well, the, but the they did sequences were great. Movie, yeah, they did movie magic to sort of still make it hold together and yeah. still feel like he was swinging and still feel like he was doing those things, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the action sequences were great. We're about 45 yeah. minutes in when we see him in his makeshift 
costume and mm-hmm. and that's kind of like uh that costume reminded me of the one he wears at the end of homecoming right so yeah it's like you know that kind of homemade look but like he he's also he's in the spider-man video game around. as well <laughs> and i was just about to say like i think the video game the development studios they owe a lot to this movie because yeah if you look at the way the action plays out with him swinging through um, New York City and everything like it, the video games take a lot from from those first two movies, right? Where they, they the Spider-Man Two video game, the one that you rank number one in our recent GameCube conversation, <laughs> is basically like taking those those action beats because you you can't get that from a comic page. Like that's something that mm-hmm. they got inspired from from the big screen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's it's definitely like a yeah. yeah exactly like the the way that he kind of maneuvers around the city is. Is is definitely what led to a video game that plays exactly like that, right? Yeah. So, so I, I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so gents, um, you're the uh, the comic book and uh, Marvel and MCU Marvel expert. zombies. Yeah, Mar- <laughs> you're the Marvel zombies from That's as right. far back as you want to put it. Um, so I got a little bit of trivia for you as well. As Ian says, we are. Always gaming, but in this way, we are always gaming, always watching. Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. I'm going to find a couple of trivia items here. I'm going to start with the easiest one that I see off the top. This one is a is a is a comic book nerd type of of question and trivia item. This is coming from IMDb. There's a whole list of 228 trivia items on IMDb okay. about this movie. So I'm forgive me if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, sifting through a bunch of these, it's going to take a little while. You're but... going to expose us as frauds. <laughs> as frauds. <laughs> yeah. So David Fincher was initially asked to direct this movie back in the early two thousands, but his version of the story would have had the origin story being told in the opening credits. What would that, the rest of the movie be based on? Which Whip. comic? Whip. Yeah. I don't know the, uh, I don't know the comic book like issue number, but no, not the issue. I number. would say that because this one kind of shied away from some of the darker elements of Spider-Man, if it's Fincher, he's going to go death of Gwen Stacy, something like that. Uh, probably. I think, death I of think Gwen it's Stacey. the same thing. Yeah. So it's the night Gwen Stacy died. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Which was issue one twenty one and one twenty two in July of seventy three. Which they took some of that for this movie with the with the bridge scene. So yeah. 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 Nice man, man. What a and pull. I don't I don't actually yeah. mind that when I watched it because yeah we know the comics and we want. Like sometimes we want them to be as true to the comics as possible, but this also has shades of the Spider-Man animated series, just mm-hmm. kind of what happens to Mary Jane. No, it's as long as they get the character right. That's what yeah. I always say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which they got. They can mine scenes and bits from different comic books and adapt them, but it's they have to get the character right. That's for me, at least. Right. Um, okay, so next question. Just thwip or buzz in, whatever works yes. for you guys. <laughs> Bonesaw was the wrestler that he fights in in the cage fight. Who is a real life person slash wrestler? Whip. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it Triple H? Incorrect. No. Um, I'm not a wrestling uh, guy. Triple, I, I will H. say Triple H is too young for the okay. person that this uh, actually. Plays um, this. Macho Man. You broke that promise to your Hulk Hogan, and who had to come in and make that critical save? The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Macho Man is correct. Randy uh, Savage. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah it was like the only other older famous wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Sick. There you go. He. Better uh... known, I wasn't going to get a wrestling question. <laughs> yeah. Although Triple H not a bad, not a bad big name, big guy. That's it's a good guess. It's a good guess. Um, okay, so Spider Man was the third highest grossing movie worldwide of 2002. This is technically a two part question, but I give you guys a. You guys have a point each, so maybe okay. you can get one out of the two. What were the other two movies? Swip. Yep. Star Wars Episode Two: The Attack of the Clones. 
And what's your second one guess? of them? Uh, shoot. Um, you know what? I know this. I know this. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. First one was incorrect. It is not Attack of the Clones. Oh. But yes, Two Towers was number one of worldwide. Um, Episode Spider-Man- three? Yeah. So, so there's one more. So Spider-Man was three. It made 821 mm. million. Lord of the Rings made 936, so over 100 million more. Number two is still out there. This is worldwide. Was it episode uh, three, Star Wars? No, episode three came out in 2003. Hmm. So we're missing number two? No, episode number two. Three, like Revenge of the Sith hmm. was 2005. Five. Oh, okay. Five. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. Any other guesses for the number two? Um, oh, I do have another guess. Okay. So if we're doing Lord of the Rings, we're also doing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It is Harry oh, Potter. Yeah, it is Harry Potter. There you wow. go. Nice. Wow. Awesome. Good pull. All right. Um, I just have to find this one here. Uh, it's 2-1 two, for Ian. 2-1 for Ian. This actress, who arguably, you could argue, is a larger, more popular actress now than Kirsten Dunst is, auditioned for Mary Jane, but instead was recast in the movie as someone oh, else. So what? Elizabeth yeah. Banks. Yeah. Yes. Betty Brands. Yeah. yeah. Betty Brands. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I don't know, the lady, at, lady at the front or whatever uh, Jameson. Yeah, rece- yeah, Jameson's receptionist. <laughs> yeah. I got, one, I got one for you, Dave. You can get a point, maybe. All right. Um, this one's for you. Uh, name the actor who announced the human spider as Spider-Man. Oh, Mike said this a, before, which I he could have a brutal. I, yeah. <laughs> Bru- Mr. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, man. I didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't know He's that. He's in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Sam saw... Raimi. Mm-hmm. So oh, and funny. Zena's in it as well. Mm-hmm. Very randomly. Is he seen in this one? No, Lucy uh, Lawless is in it in that scene. Yeah. Like when they're interviewing New Yorkers, there's one. It's like, well, that's Lucy Lawless. Oh, yeah. I totally yeah. missed Zena that. herself. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. man, I think she's awesome. the one that's like, oh, he has eight legs. That's kind of kinky or something. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's how, yeah. yeah. So on the DVD release, so Ian, you might not be able to remember since you just watched on the DVD. The song was changed to the original rendition of the Spider-Man theme, but in the movie, in the theatrical release, a band did a cover of the theme for the Spider-Man show from '67. What band did that cover? Twip. Yeah, Ian. The Sum Forty One. Incorrect. Although Offspring. good guess, perfect timing. <laughs> Off- offspring. No. Um, <laughs> it was not a punk band. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it wasn't Yellow Card, was it? No, no you said it was a good right. guess around that time. Well, yeah. it had that classic Nickelback song. It's not Nickelback. I, it's, it's not, not Nickelback. Yeah, that's, that's the right. There was a, yeah. Hero uh, can save us. It is Aerosmith. Oh, what? Oh. Aerosmith did a cover. That's a big band. Yeah, yeah, Aerosmith did the cover of the quote, the theme from Spider-Man 1967. Wow. That's what it was. Yeah. Find yeah, they, they play the original theme in the credits. Of the yeah. My on daughter the DVD, loves that. But apparently in the, oh. in the theater, they did it. They did the, uh, it's, on the, it's still on the soundtrack, but apparently in the theatrical release, it said they did it. Oh, nice. Cool. I gotta find that. My daughter loves that. Loves that theme song. <laughs> I thought so you were fun. gonna say your daughter loves Aerosmith. I'd be like, yo, go. No, no, not yet. No, but she loves the Spider-Man theme song. I've yet to show not her yet. Aerosmith, but I no doubt she will like it one day. <laughs> <laughs> so this one might be might be okay to do. Okay, so this is a um, another Marvel character that was supposed to have a very brief cameo in this movie. This actress or actor also showed up for the scene, but the scene was scrapped while they were on set. Which character, which Marvel character was going to show up in this movie? Twip. Yes, Ian. Black Cat. Incorrect. <sighs> Mike. Okay, so. This one, I'm going to let you guys go back and forth. On. Uh, I'm going to let you go back and forth on this one. I, I said actress Silver Sable? or actor. It's one or the other. It's both. <laughs> Silver Sable? No, incorrect. Oh, no. God. Okay. I thought you were going to say Silver Surfer. I'm like, yo, that could have been oh, a very amazing. Spider Man movie. 
<laughs> that's probably just one a lot more obvious. Uh, yeah. So, um, so it's, it's a little bit, it's more obvious than those two picks, but those, okay. that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if you were trying to throw us off by saying actress or actor, but I'm going to go with Daredevil. Incorrect. Oh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Incorrect. <laughs> what spider Gwen? You said, Oh, Oh, I'm thinking no, like Gwen costumed. Stacey. It's not a costumed person. It is a costumed person. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was oh. thinking like it's got to be a mask. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah. it's it's another. I have a guess now. Yeah. Um. Wait, is it you guess Gwen? Right. Up. Okay. Yeah. So, oh man, this king <laughs> kingpin. No, he doesn't have a mask. <laughs> oh, that was um, a bad guess. <laughs> uh, Black Widow. It's got to be Black Widow. Incorrect. Wait, did you say actress? I swear you said actress. So One of, I said act- actress or actor. Just... Oh, you did say actress. Yeah. Actor. Okay. I don't know if he's trying to throw us off. Yeah, um, I am a little bit. Yeah, because I, th- okay. I thought it was obvious, but I guess it's not. Okay. Okay. Who else? Think, how, about, how about this? How about this? Think about what year this is. Think oh, about Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I was about to say say Punisher. If you think about it, Sony, and I know, I know it's Sony and and Fox, Fox, but Sony was working on the animated series. I don't know if they did X Men, but they did Spider Man. Yeah. And whenever they crossed over, like the time that Spider Man went on the X Men show, it was like him and Wolverine. Yeah. Dude, I wish they did the Hugh Jackman crossover because that would set up Hugh Jackman coming into the MCU. Which would yeah. be insane. Which but I still think you want to see. You want to know one of the reasons why they didn't do it? One of the reasons it says is because they couldn't get access, legal access, to use the, the costume. Rights. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't get yeah, the rights to sense. use the costume. Yeah. Which is the rights issue. Like, I'm still holding fun? out for the old man Logan storyline being done <laughs> in the MCU. With you imagine? He just, he just shows up in this 2002. They Spider-Man. use a lot of that for Logan. But yeah. yeah, well, no, but like uh, maybe is it old man Logan or is it like um, what's the Hulk storyline where it's like Planet Hulk or no, but the one that's tied in with Secret Wars where like there's Hulks everywhere and Maestro's the yeah, isn't it? Planet yeah, Hulk? that is old man Logan. Um, yeah. They didn't they didn't tell a truly faithful old man Logan story. That is really hard to tell because you would have to kill off like 90% of the MCU to tell the old man. Do Logan, it. Well, no, but the, the way that they're doing the multiverse, they could just pull old man Logan from that story into the MCU. Yeah. Be crazy. Yeah. So when you were watching Spider, like, I know that it's very self-contained, but were you ever hoping that you were going to see some other crossovers when you watched those movies back in the day? They didn't cross my mind. It was its own thing. That's just yeah. how it was. It's yeah. only now that, we live in this world of interconnected um, movies and other franchises connected with one another. And it's, it wasn't a thing that I ever thought of. I just was happy well, the, to get my three Spider-Man movies, to be honest. The thing that I respect about Spider-Man and the reason why I liked it more than X-Men when it came out was you can tell as dope as X-Men was that they were, they were very worried about being too comic booky. They were very uh, conscious of like, no, we got to make this grounded and, you know, black leather suits and this and that. Like, we can't get too crazy with it or we'll lose our audience. Spider-Man didn't care. They leaned into it. They, they leaned into the comic book nature of it. So so yeah, I, I do right. give props to Spider-Man, to Sam Raimi for that, for sure. Yeah. No, and he goes uh, for seeing that. Yeah. That, so Spider-Man, who are the two like Stan Lee, Steve Ditko collaborations, the most popular ones? Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Mm. That's Sam Raimi with the Spider-Man trilogy, and now he's doing uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So it'll be... Yeah, uh, Raimi's coming be... back. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see we'll be... that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so next up, we have, we have Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. Those are the next. We... The plan is to put them in the same episode, but we'll see how much we have to talk about because we've, right. we've talked a lot about just this one. So, and and like you just, I think Ian, you just said not that long ago, it's a lot of really high ups and really far downs. So <laughs> we could just glance over three. I think we can just stick, stay positive and stick to two and just yeah, glance over three if we yeah, want. Yeah, we could stay um, positive. I mean, people won't, might want to hear us just stay positive. So <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe in the post-credit scene of No Way Home, Tom Hardy's venom will just bite the head off of Topher Grace's venom and just <laughs> call it quit. Like, kind of, like, kind of like, love that. Kind of like Deadpool too, how he retconned that whole like mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. X Men uh, X Men Origins Wolverine fiasco. The Wolverine thing. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't know if Tom Hardy's the venom is any better, to be honest with you. Well, no, but like I, I haven't seen uh, this Carnage movie, but I don't yeah. know you have, but uh, I I don't have high hopes for it at all. So yeah, and you gotta watch it before Spider Man. This is my I, I'm going to begrudgingly, yes, begrudgingly same. because I know that it's like annoying me that it's it's actually connected. It's like actually annoying me that it's connected. Yeah, now that I. Kind of yeah. I well, like don't I, I won't to. spoil it, but there's just there is no, a reason, and um, yeah, I, nah, the, it's annoying me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I don't care. It's annoying. I don't care, Mike. It's annoying. Well, because like the whole thing with me was like I didn't want to watch uh, Venomverse, uh, Venomverse Carnage because uh, because I I want to vote with my wallet and say no, I don't like this choice. I don't like this whole like going down this road with Sony and like, but like now they're making it impossible because Marvel Studios have given them so much free reign. So yeah, with all this like Morbius stuff coming and all this craving. Oh yeah, that too. Doing. So yeah, so all this crazy stuff. It's like you're gonna have to keep tabs on everything, right? So yeah, but you know, what, what am I doing? I'm 2021 complaining about a Spider-Man project. Like, <laughs> let's, let's yeah. be real. We're we're getting about the multiverse. Yeah, we're we're getting blessed with like like a saturation of comment content so it is it is it's it's a it's it's a big great awesome thing to be able to consume so um and 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 hopefully a fantastic movie this is all gonna lead up to and gonna sort of not kick off the next phase but be a really big part of the next phase so that's that's exciting um okay so we've gone through spider-man one we have two and three we have the garfield uh movies to go through Garfield Spider-Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to be covering Chris Pratt's Garfield movie. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I hope not. Honestly, I hope not. <laughs> um, Mike, until that time, where's everyone keeping up with our uh, shenanigans? At Day Back In on social media, the podcast is called Back in My Day. Find it on uh, whatever podcast app you use. We're out there, and Back in My Day games on Twitch. So stay tuned for our, uh, yeah, we're doing the countdown to uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And so keep an eye out for the future Spider-Man episodes. And thanks for listening. We're off to a strong start. <laughs> off, to a, off to a strong, fun start. I mean, honestly, it was, a, it was a pretty big gush fest, but there's nothing wrong with that because it's a solid, damn solid movie, right? So more Sam Raimi coming up, more Spider-Man coming up. And uh, until that time, thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time. Crap, 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 mega crap.